Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Scott. And welcome to the God or Not podcast, where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number eight. And coming up, Scott and I will be talking about swearing. Also in this episode, Oh, the Humanity. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not Podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. And now, let's get ready to dialogue! Episode number eight, Scott. Forget right. about it. Let's roll. I'm ready. We're Let's doing do this. Swearing, right? So if Fuck you have, yeah, we're doing swearing. If you have children. <laughs> oh, speaking in the room. of that, speaking <laughs> of that, we should give a warning at this point. Yes. So if you have uh, childrens in the rooms, let's um, just FYI, there will be some swearing. Not on my part. There'll be some bleeps. It just didn't fun for me, but on Scott's part. So Scott ruined it all for anyone younger. Who listens to the podcast? I, I don't think I ruined it. I think I'm enriching it. <laughs> With that, here is episode eight swearing. This is the main event. All right, everybody. The day is beeping here. <laughs> beeping is that what you're going with beeping <laughs> we'll put something in there uh we are talking about swearing and i know this uh seems kind of interesting a little offbeat kind of topic because it is a little offbeat usually scott and i are fisticuffs and having um a good time talking about some really serious uh big uh, issues and big topics and things like that. It, but uh, tonight we decided to kind of step back and uh, 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 take a more fun approach and <laughs> talk about something that is kind of interesting to us and um, kind of fun and, and interesting. And so we're going to be talking about uh, swearing. Uh, what, yep, yeah, swearing. What, 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 what do you what do you think of swearing there, Scott? Why don't you give me your once over, buddy? Well, you know, to be honest, um, well, here's my deal. Here's my deal on swearing. And this is one of the reasons why, I, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about this is that it's one of those things that I don't really get it. You know, I don't really, you know, I kind of, I, I, I understand why we do it, but it just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, here's the way I would describe swearing. So basically, we just all kind of get together and we agree that, okay, we're not allowed to say this word. And that's really right. it. I mean, it's just like we, yeah. we kind of say, okay, the, okay, this word, let's have a vote. Raise your hand. Should it go on the bad list? No, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. like it's a, and, it's a, it's a societal uh, consensus. Like, hey, right. <laughs> and let's, everybody, let's compare lists. Uh, what do you have on your list? Okay. It seems like everybody has this word. So, right, uh, right. That's off limits. So, okay. So let's all just agree that whenever we hear that word, we're all going to get really we're upset. We're going to get offended. But when we get older, it'll be okay. <laughs> we could say it somehow. As you get older, the the the, the uh, tolerance for saying it becomes uh, it becomes more tolerant. And then so. and then 
And then there's somebody in the back that raises their hand and say, but that word doesn't mean, no, 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 sorry. No, we've all agreed. Listen, put your hand down. We've all down. agreed. We're yeah. going to get upset. You can't, you can't say anything. Don't say anything. Quiet. So let's, uh, let's shut up, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> I had to throw something wow. in there that we could beep. Right? Yeah, this will be really. We couldn't have, we couldn't have a show about swearing unless we're like bleeping ourselves. It's going to be really been fun. All right. So the, uh, <laughs> Uh, the, so, uh, historically speaking, okay, the word profane um, mm-hmm. originates from Latin profanus, and it literally means uh, before or outside the temple. And so, it's got this interesting um, kind of uh, beginning that it, uh, it, it carries a, a meaning of like a desecration of what is holy, um, mm-hmm. And so, and it, this this began at like as early as probably right around the f- mid 1400s. And so, um, profanity represented secular indifference to religion or religious figures. Uh, so I I found that like fascinating. I had no idea that that, that hmm. swearing had some uh, not necessarily a religious component to it. But but that really? the non-religious um, initially uh-huh. used that to um, is it, it, is a basically a giant middle finger to uh, religion, and hmm. I I've, yeah I had never heard I that found, I, I never heard I that. found that int- and I, I'm sure that there was something the equivalent of swear words before the the the, the mid 1400s, but. Um, at least what we know of as profanity, um, that's kind of the the origin, and um, and, and we see that that technically, like blasphemy, was um, more offensive attack on religion and religious figures, and it was considered mm-hmm. sinful and a direct violation of the Ten Commandments, um, and so we see the secular uh, those folks in the secular community. Um, kind of spewing this uh, indifference uh, towards religion. And um, so I, I just thought that was interesting because here we are, you and I. Uh, so what you're saying, it's all my it's, fault. It's, it's all your fault. <laughs> so we, we, we talk about, of course, we talk about religion all the time. That's 90% of what kind of comprises our podcast in one form or another. And uh, to see that this has some kind of um, – you know, religious uh, uh, history is was was pretty mm-hmm. interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, profane like ties to the whole, you know, to the holy. So it's like desecrating the right. holy, and then. But we got all these other words uh, that we use to describe this particular act. I mean, just from we've already been calling it swearing, yeah. um, and that kind of goes back to uh, the idea of swearing an oath, and and it it's kind of related to the idea to the sacredness of. Of uh, of using the word profane, but it's more like um, uh, like if you they used to say things like uh, by God's bones, you know, you shall see the end of these days or or what you know whatever. But the idea is that uh, you're kind of flippantly making an oath and you're almost like forcing God to listen, forcing God to participate in this in this conversation. And so the idea of oath swearing, you know, so that's what that's why we. That's why we say that's why that we use the word swearing to describe this. But we also have other words, too. And it's not just all about 
you know, not all about religious um, relate, related uh, words. We also talk about the obscene, which is, you know, disgusting and and excrement and, and you know, repugnant. And, and so so obscenity and profanity, when we're talking about language, you know, sometimes we use those words interchangeable, but they, they refer to very different things. And, uh, you know, we have other words that we use too. explicit language. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be watching, uh, you'll turn on HBO or whatever, getting ready to watch your show. And it'll say the following show you know, includes explicit language. And but if you think about what that means, explicit just means very direct and to the right. point. And so uh, so the whole idea there is that. Um, it is not proper etiquette, right? For proper etiquette, you need to have the pinky up when you're drinking your tea and you need to have the salad right. fork on the whatever side of the That's dessert right. fork. And, who, you know, who knows? Who knows whatever. But, you know, explicit language or, or coarse language, they're talking about um, the lower classes, basically. You know, they're, they're talking about people that aren't, you know, the hoity It's interesting that, so, that we have um, um, all these different words with – uh, with major distinctions, really, when you think about it, but that they they've mm-hmm. all kind of been um, thrown into one big pot and stirred around mm-hmm. to kind of mean the same thing. So you could use all, almost all of these words that we're talking about: swearing and cursing and explicit mm-hmm. language, and everybody knows what you mean, even though that might not be what the word actually means. You know, it's it has right. those those very right. real distinctions. So I I kind of find it interesting that all of those words now in our society have all kind of come to mean that, or we all think of them as kind of meaning the same thing. When in reality, like you're you're mentioning, that they're very um, very different things. Even though we're still talking about, there's some similarities. Of course, they're they're vocal, they're audible. You know, people have speak them, we mm-hmm. hear them. Um, and they they take on some kind of offense. Um, uh, th- that seems to be in common. But other than right, that, there's some kind of taboo right, or something, right. kind of taboo. You know, you're not supposed to talk about this right. kind of but thing. But other than that, yeah, um, um, these words do have some real uh, differences. And, and you know, even if we look at the type of the swear words that we use, you know, like if I say this steak tastes like shit. I don't really, you know, obviously the word shit has its origin, you know, it has a meaning to it, but that's not, I mean, I'm not even using that, right. that meaning. I'm not talking about excrement <laughs> when I say are, that. Maybe you are, but pr- probably well, not. Hopefully it's, not. It's Maybe, yeah, I suppose not. you could. But yeah, usually not. You mean, usually just means something, something bad. And, and so, so the, the whole reason that the word was taboo is that it was talking about something that we shouldn't be talking about. But even if we remove that, from the situation, clearly I'm not talking about something that we're not supposed to be talking about. I'm talking about a nice steak dinner, right? And so, or, or in right. this case, a not so nice steak dinner. And, and so, but even, so even when I remove those, you know, that situation, you know, see, that's what I was saying before. It just like baffles me. I was like, what is it? The vision that's, do you, do you picture like a steaming pile of poop on my plate when I say that or do I am I forcing you to imit you know to imagine eating that kind of thing or or if I say you know I went to a concert last night and it was fucking awesome I think it's pretty clear from my sentence I'm not really talking about anything sexually it's a confusing thing to me well I think you said it right when we're talking about taboo and and things that are taboo are 
obviously they're 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 kind of societal driven and like incest mm-hmm. for instance that's taboo and in a and there's still a few states out there where that's not illegal so it, if you think about it from a moral perspective I, i'm not sure right. who you're offending there and I don't know that it's wrong. It's just taboo. Like, it's just something that we have decided as a society that is, hey, we don't like this. For some reason or another, <laughs> right, right. we have a distaste for this kind of thing. And so we're just going to say, we don't like. And so that is the same thing with, with some of these words. But, you know, there are many, many reasons why we swear. All right. Hit me up here. And Why the, do we swear? The, so we have several, okay? There's this guy, his, his name's Steven Pinker, and he's come up with five possible functions for, for, for swearing. And, and the first one is abusive swearing. It is intended to offend, intimidate, or otherwise cause emotional or psychological harm. And so... Um, you know, as we were kind of getting uh, ready to go for this podcast, we were talking uh, about this, and you were swearing left and right. <laughs> I mean, we would have to beep out every other word you said. But then y- we came to this particular word, and you didn't say it. Yep. I and I, I and I, I I know why, obviously, but this is very interesting to me that you were like F- this and. And oh, by the way, we should talk about the N word. Right. Yeah. And you didn't say it, and I was like, I'm mean, glad you didn't. But I was like, man, that that's really interesting. So um, we would probably classify the, the N word um, uh, uh, under um, abusive swearing because that's what the original intent, I think, or at least that's what what it came about to be. Of course, right. I think everybody right. knows what the N word is. I don't think we need to say it here. And um, it was meant to be uh, disparaging. Right. It, um, it, it, at least towards the end right. of the dehumanizing, history of that word. Dehumanizing right. too. Well, let me, let me tell you this. Okay. Uh, we've been raising our kids and, and we don't really worry about them swearing. We've talked to them about that. Oh, before we get into this, we should point out Stephen Pinker is a, he's a psychologist at Harvard. And so that's, you know, we didn't just, <laughs> we didn't yeah, just pick a random person off street, the street. He's got street <laughs> yeah, cred, right? right. Yeah. Right. So when we were talking about it to our kids, you know, cause I, cause like I said before, I don't really get, you know, okay. So we're, we're going to all pretend to be offended when we hear this. And so, you know, so I talked to our kids and we would, we would, they obviously hear swearing in, you know, in various places and you know, including, you know, I, I don't think I swear a lot, but I don't go out of my way to avoid it. And so we told them, you know, it, it's not that big of a deal to us if you swear, but we do, uh, we do have a problem with, with this type of abusive swearing, abusive, right. well, well, not even abusive swearing, just abusive language in general. Right. And and so, you know, we would have a problem uh, if they were going to use the N word because of the history of the word and because of what it entails, uh, you know, when you say it. And it's it's not those other words um, or at least a lot of the other words. Um, they're not directed at someone specifically. Right. Right. You can say those words in in all kinds of different um, scenarios. And, and it's it's not. 
it's not meant to hurt uh, in a lot of right, ways, right. Um, it, especially when you're, it, you know, but when we're talking about the N word, that that is the, the, the reason for that. I mean, at least within, you know, we, we that when that's off limits now. I know that in in the African American community, sometimes the word is used be, between each other. Sometimes, and, Some- but it's 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 not it's not offensive. Um, a lot of times when they well, use some it. some would see it as um, not offensive, but there are some African Americans that are very much against you know other you know fellow African Americans using that word, even even just amongst sure, themselves. Yeah, yeah, I was just. Just pointing right. out the fact that that um, it, you know that that it, it can be used um, within their community uh, if they deem it appropriate amongst themselves, right. and it has obviously. But that would that would be obviously off off limits for uh, or everybody else. Yeah. We well, consider well, I that think in a um, way they kind of uh, you know adopted that word and kind of made it their own, and 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 took and in a way that takes the power away from that word in much the same way that um, the LGBTQ community, thinking of the Q there, right? Queer, that uh, for a long time, right. that was used as a slur to refer to right. you know, groups of people. And they decided that, well, we're just going to start using that word ourselves. And that kind of took the power away from that word. It kind of, it kind of, you know, took right. the, took the bite out of it. And so I, I can kind of see that kind of right. thing going on, but yeah, I mean the, the, um, the abusive swearing, the, the dehumanizing words in particular, uh, you know, racial slurs in, in general are, are kind of nasty, but um, you know, I think that, in America, especially, we, you know, this particular word has a long history and, right. uh, and you know, it's yeah. very destructive. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that we should be able to say it because I've always thought that it's not it's not so much the words that you use. It's the meaning behind the words. Uh, but I've come to right. learn that there are. How would I say this? There are uh, impl- implications for using particular words because not everybody's going to understand it the same way that you do, and so, right. um, you know, because of that long history of of that word treating people like animals. I mean, to me, that's the disgusting part. Okay, not you know, it's not the sound that's coming out of somebody's mouth. It's trying to put somebody else, another human being, on a plane. Where so that they're not human anymore, and and right. and and, right. and so when so to tie it all together, to when I was talking to my kids about that, you know, I told them that's that's the real problem. Now, having said that, you know, we don't mind if they swear in the house, and they don't swear very often. In fact, we very often get comments from other people, strangers, even, on how polite our kids are, and our you know, both my kids are very sweet and very thoughtful, but they can you know, we we don't mind if they swear, but of course they understand that not everybody's like that. You know, they can't go to school and start swearing because, you know, there's different expectations there. So would you, do you think that your, your kids maybe don't swear very often partially because you've given them kind of a roundabout permission? Um, do you think, you know, how, how, uh, we all are by human nature. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't do that. Right. And I'm going to do that. Um, and especially kids. I mean, so do you think that that maybe has something to do with the fact that your kids um, don't, you've kind of taken the, the mystery mm-hmm. or the appeal 
of swearing away from them by saying, sure. I mean, if, if you use some of these words, you know, I'm not, you know, daddy's not going to go think off so. the rails. I mean, I th- do you I think, think that's, that's part of it? Part I of think it? Yep. Um, part of the reason that we swear is to elicit an emotional response or to an express an emotional yeah. response of our own. Right. And so, um, right. if they know that it's not going to elicit that response, I mean, come on, let's be honest, you know, 10 year old kid, much of the reason that they're going to be swearing is to piss off their parents, right? To, to rile, rile people up, to, yeah. to, to rebel, <laughs> right? To show that, okay, yeah. I'm a person. I get to choose what I say. You know, you can't tell me what to say. And so, right. so I do think that that kind of, uh, that kind of takes some of the oomph out of it. Right. But at the same time, so you know, we tell them abusive language, not, you know, it's, it's not the words that you're talking about. It's the it's the meaning that you're trying to imply. If if you're saying things, right. yeah. It's if you're saying intent, things to try right. to dehumanize another person, I have a problem with that. But if and we right. also explained why, you know, why the reason. It's not just like a here. You don't just say right. you don't say these words and boom, you're done. Here's I your list so. of right. seven words you're not allowed to say, and uh, you know we'll move on. You know right. we talk about the meaning and all that stuff behind it. So you know I don't. I'm not saying that that's you know, we've discovered the best way to raise your kids or anything. It's just the way we chose to do it. And, right. and, uh, you know, we've had, uh, good results with right. it so far. So that is, that is abusive swearing there. Now the next one, cathartic swearing. And, and this is used in response to pain or misfortune. Right. And I, I find this funny because my wife's probably going to kill me for this. <laughs> In our home, we don't swear mm-hmm. very often. Uh, it's it's a rarity, but uh, she admitted to me that that like if she hurts herself or something of that that nature, and and she'll swear, she mm-hmm. feels better. She actually feels better about right. the situation. I mean, anyone who stepped on a Lego, right? Uh, or or something, or stub your toe. Uh, something like this happens, and 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 you're able to use these words. We have a physiological response, uh, and it makes us feel better. Yeah. Um. In- interestingly enough, and I'm I'm sure there's several obviously uh, overlapping reasons for that. Uh, but that is cathartic swearing used in response to pain or misfortune. Well, I think that has a, that again goes back to the idea of an emotional response. It gets your adrenaline pumping. It gets your you know your body ready to respond to danger. It, I mean, it, it kind of riles you up. In fact, um, they did a. Have you ever seen? Have you ever heard of the MythBusters? Oh yeah. The show the MythBusters. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I used to love the myth. Well, I still do. But uh, but they the MythBusters uh, investigated this. They wanted to know. Okay, if people are swearing, uh, can they endure pain more easily? And so what they did is they had they have people like submerge their arm in ice water, and and they can uh, they're allowed to swear. Okay. And they they the idea is that they need to keep it under the ice water as long as possible, uh, and then they and they can swear all they mm-hmm. want, uh, and then they have another group that that can do it. Uh, that put their arm in, but they're not allowed to swear, but they are allowed to say some of those modified, right? you know, the darns and the filth, flarn filth and yeah. the fricking and all that stuff and ah, the shut ah, the front door right. and, and all those things. And so, and they found that uh, the, when you swear, you can, it's, it's true. You're, I mean, your wife has experienced firsthand, 
you know, the way our bodies right. work is that when we, when we get in it, when we have an emotional response and when we, we get our, you know, our hackles all up, upright and everything. And we, you know, we can, we can actually, you know, our pain threshold goes up a little right. bit. So that's, it's just really, I don't know. It, it just seems kind of odd, but kind of amazing to me that we can do that kind of thing. You know, we can say right, some words and it like has a reaction. Right, that, that psychologically it, it has effect on right. us in, in a physiological right. way. It's very interesting. The, uh, so that's uh, cathartic swearing. Uh, the, the third one is uh, dysphemistic uh, swearing. And this is used to convey that a speaker thinks negatively, negatively of a subject matter and he wants the listener to do the same. And so, so um, that's maybe know, when I'm saying that my steak tastes like shit, right? Would that, so would you're that trying, fall into this category? I, I think I think it would. You're trying to um, kind of relay a point, and it's specifically intended for some kind of audience. It doesn't matter the size, but it's it. it this isn't like you 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 whack your toe on, on the bed frame, or you step on a Lego, and you and you're swear, or you're in the car alone, mm-hmm. and you're swearing at somebody. You road rage, and it makes you feel better, and and that's kind of why you do it. This is specifically intended for some kind of audience, mm-hmm. and it's it's obviously intended that the that the 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 person is going to use uh, a word and uh, a disparaging word um, to convey some a negative something or other and and uh, he wants to portray that to the audience and he hopes the audience would you know feel the same or have empathy and, and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so that is um, dysphemistic swearing okay the f- that was good yeah. that was good pronunciation <laughs> there that was, that was spot on uh, I think. thanks uh, I tried <laughs> uh, the 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 fourth one is emphatic swearing this is intended to draw attention to what is considered to be uh, worth paying attention to so um, mm-hmm. so so this is like shut the f- up <laughs> but that so so this is uh, in, in intended to to draw attention. Uh, or additional attention to something that somebody wants somebody to pay attention to. So that is emphatic swearing. Do you have anything else on that? Uh, no, no, I agree. I mean, that would be, you know, maybe that would be the example that I gave. You know, this this concert was fucking awesome. Right. Yes. You know, yeah. it's it's just like an emphasis, but it's but I think it's more than just uh, it's because we also have other words that add emphasis, like very right. And like really, really fun awesome. time at the concert. Right, yeah. yeah, it's it's but it's like a, it's like a, a way of conveying, you know, because for when we use language, when we use words, it like conveys an image or a picture or an idea or a concept or that kind of thing. But this is a way that we can kind of add an emotional co- uh, component to it. Right. And, and so it's like it's 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 almost like you know switching from black and white TV to color TV. Oh, hey, that's another one by the way. Colorful language, right? Oh, colorful yeah, language. Oh, yeah, that's true, right? Yep. So so that might, you know, so maybe we're onto something yeah, hey. here, but but it's like uh, you know, it's like adding another dimension to the thing that you're trying right. to say. So when I say this concert was fucking awesome, uh, uh clearly I enjoyed the music and I had a good time. And uh but I would but that would also mean that, you know, it was really meaningful to me or or it was, you know, it was like a, you know, not just a, you know, fun time, but like as 
like a very memorable right. time or adjective, something along those lines. A lot of times like yeah. an adjective or adverb, right? The, uh, the last one, idiomatic swearing. And I have a little something to say about this one. Idiomatic swearing is used for no other particular purpose, but as a sign that a, a conversation in a relationship between speaker and listener is informal. So with idiomatic mm-hmm. swearing, I mean, this just happens like in normal conversation. Um, and this happened. I was a fireman for um, a long time. Um, um, still hold my credentials as a fireman. And the, the firehouse can be at certain times a very colorful place. And um, <laughs> and the guys would. Well, whatever do you mean by that? Right. Proud sir. <laughs> the, the guys would swear uh, at some stations, uh, some firehouses so often. Uh, we're going to get. Uh, here in a minute to how often we swear um uh but but they would I, sometimes it was every other word and mm-hmm. I, I find it interesting that that some of these guys some of these firemen when they went home they were able to actually not swear at home and i have mm-hmm. no idea how that happens because it seems to me at least that when you do something as often as they did, when you swear as often as they did at the firehouse, mm-hmm. going home or going anywhere else and doing it just seems almost like habitual. Like it's just, right. it's just going to come out. There's, there's nothing that it's just automatic. You know, it's a response. It just happens. And so I, I'm not sure how they are able to tame their tongue, uh, but some of mm. them were able to, others just didn't give a, so they just they they would swear at home, they would swear at church, they would uh, they would you know they would swear at work, and and that's just what they did. And so that's that, mm-hmm. that idiomatic swearing. So wh- how often do you see this uh, in your workplace? Obviously, you're in academia. Um, right. So do you see this at all, either student to student, uh, student to uh, professor, or 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 with even within? Um, the ranks of like uh, uh, academia, professor to professor. I mean, how often do you see mm-hmm. this kind of just conversational kind of swearing? Uh, not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, that that's not really surprising. Um, you know, because um, you know, I before I was teaching at college, I did teach some time at uh, the high school level, and so that was a little bit different there. I mean, the, the uh, there's a uh, a certain an atmosphere of not just education, but also of, um, trying to impart, um, you know, social norms and, and accepted behavior and that kind of thing. So there, there's kind of some pressure along those lines. Um, once I started teaching college though, it was, it was a little bit different. It was kind of that, that, that expectation was released a little bit. Um, but still I, you know, it's not like I, I hear a lot of swearing largely because, um, you know, college students are, are not, there's not so much inner pressure for them to express their individuality. Yeah, it's not cool anymore you know, either. You know what I'm saying? Well, like- I, I think I I think it's not cool for that reason. I think because you know they don't really need it to because they're there's it's not like they're fighting something that's resisting them because they're in college. They're they are on their own right. in many ways and and. And um, if not completely. Now, I've and, noticed and that. So, I, I wondered if I got your if I get your take on this, because one thing I've noticed, too, because I've worked with students for a few years now. And um, one thing I've noticed is that 
you have kind of an immaturity level and, and not to say that the swearing and immaturity that it's that obviously that they're somehow correlated or caused, but, but I see students, um, freshman, sophomore, junior, and even though they're younger, I see, um, uh, more immaturity, you know, some of these words being used and it almost mm-hmm. seems as if once someone becomes a senior, I don't know if that's like, Hey, grow up time now. And this, oh, this might right, not yeah. be the, 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 the case, but it just seems for me looking and even looking back at my high school time, it's almost like uh, it's, it's just interesting to see the change that, that, uh, uh, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, it's about, me it's about being cool it's about being popular and then for some reason there's a switch that goes on when you become a senior and now it's about you see a lot all the time you know um the 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 seniors um would nominate maybe a mentally handicapped person to be uh prom king right like but Mm -hmm. you wouldn't necessarily see that in i don't think in in, in, in some of the earlier years, but there's some, something that happens a senior year in high school that makes people, I don't know, like they, they, they feel this desire urge to kind of grow up. And now it's less about like trying to be cool. And now more about like, Hey, I got a lot to worry about. I'm off to college here next year. I'm off to work next year. I got too much stuff to worry about and do to, to, to be, involved in kind of this drama and stuff. So that's just kind of my take. So I see less of that, believe it or not, within senior year or freshman year in college um, than I do with the with the mm-hmm. younger. What's been your experience there, if any? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, you know, would would say similar things. I mean, it's it's a well, we call it maturity, but you know, I think that that's kind of something we just label it after the fact. I think the 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 underlying source of it, it has to do with, but you know, before we were talking about uh, control, it's about uh, trying to express, you know, I'm me and I'm in, I, I'm in control of what I what I want to do. And so I think as as you know, preteen and, and early teenage years, there's kids are still very much under the control of their parents. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, there's so few things that they can control and the, the things that come out of their mouth, that's one of those things. And so, so that's why that's a tool for them to, to not only, you know, stick it to the man or whatever, you know, to, to express to other people what they're feeling, but also to show to themselves, Mm -hmm. to, uh, to, to reassure themselves that, yes, I, I can start to control things. You know, when you're younger, you know, when you're five, six, eight years old, you don't really worry about being able to control things. Right. You're just kind of focused on your immediate needs and you just want to have fun right. and eat delicious things and, and, and so on. But then as you're, as you're becoming a teenager, you're realizing, okay, I'm a person here in this world, you know, so I need to start, uh, I need to start making other people aware of my individuality. And yeah. so you start to, you know, you start to do that. And then when you get to be a senior or into college and that kind of thing, then it becomes more clear that you are in fact in control of your life in so many other ways. The the need for expressing yourself in that particular way is, is not so strong. Yeah, it's there. almost like, it's and almost so, like you're, 
uh, it's almost like your parents telling you to do something, do something, do something, do something, and and you're yeah. you're you're resistant, uh, uh, even if it's good for you, and until they say fine, do whatever you want, and then you go ahead and do mm-hmm. that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like right. yeah, right. like I I just didn't want to be told what to do. Like I'm at that point now where I right. want my independence and I want that, you know, I, I want to feel like I have some kind of stake in, in my own life. Right. So, right. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I mean, that's that we were, that's just what we were saying before. It's not the particular words. It's the fact that you're not allowed to say the right. words. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. And, yeah. and so the word itself, I mean, kids giggle when they say poop, but you know, it's not the quite the same right. thing. That's right. right? Yeah. And so, and so it's not, it's not the, the, the meaning that's being conveyed. Mom, this food tastes like shit. You know, it's not, you know, it's, it's not that wow. meaning that they're. I, that would, I would not be here for this podcast had I said anything of the sort. <laughs> well, that, well, I'm happy that you're able to that's, curb your tongue and survive your childhood did, to get to I this did. point. Uh, yeah. I don't think I ever said that either, yeah. but um I don't know. I kind of yeah. lost my train. Oh, but but uh, it's the fact that you're not allowed to say that word. It's, so it's not the meaning that you're conveying. It's the right, action gotcha. itself. That's that's the, the big deal. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right, so. exactly. Yeah. What about like somebody with uh, Tourette's, with, like Tourette's oh, syndrome, or, or yeah. Alzheimer's, right. and, or, or something like that? And and they've done uh, research on that. And and somebody with Tourette's syndrome, or somebody with uh, some kind of uh, dementia, you know, a lot of times they have difficulty speaking because their their brains aren't functioning correctly or they're losing brain function right. and that kind of thing. But they find that a lot of times these people can still swear. And they, they've, um, I'm not sure how, how strongly they've proven this, but it, it's, um, they've conjectured at least that uh, is because this, because of that emotional tie Right. It's that that emotional connection. Yeah. And so the swearing kind of comes from a different part of your brain. It comes from a, an older part of your brain. That's from our from our early, early ancestors. You know, they call that the animal brain or the reptile brain. It's the the emotional center. It's and, you know, we feel it all the time when we when we you know, we we know it, quote unquote, know with our heads that we should be doing one thing, but our emotions kind of tell us to yeah. do another thing. I mean, that's that's what we're it's that part of our brain that gives us that feeling. And so like when people with Tourette syndrome, it's, you know, their their cortex, you know, the, the frontal part of their brain uh, where we where we do our language processing and our conceptual processing and that kind of stuff is is not functioning as it could otherwise but but that brain stem you know that part of the the rear back of the brain right that ancient ancient reptile brain that that uh you know stirs up those emotions and those words are tied to the emotions and so then they can come out like that and they can and so somebody who can't speak somehow can swear or you know sometimes they can do other things like they can sing yeah but, you know, that's, somebody is, that, that reminds uh, me of um um uh the pastor at our church talks about a lot how um you know we would have to go make visits um to the hospital visits to the nursing home um we would we would bring people communion and um oftentimes we were visiting relatives um, of of like members of our church and they have dementia and stages and uh, they they don't know who their family members are they don't know who we are but they could sing five verses of a hymn every mm-hmm. word and not miss a word you know I just it's right, so right. interesting that that they, there's there's parts of 
aspects of their life that are just completely gone. Uh, they can't even mm-hmm. they can't even f- themselves. But but other aspects that 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 other things that they can remember that just kind of jump uh, jump to the front and they have no problem doing that at all. Yeah, that's very very interesting. Yeah. So how yeah. often do we swear? Obviously, this is person dependent. But uh, an analysis mm-hmm. of recorded conversations has revealed that on average, <laughs> we swear roughly 80 to 90 words a day. Like, that blew my mind. That's, that's, oh, that's a little under. Um, I'm way behind my quarter for today. <laughs> you got to catch up on this podcast. I got to fucking Son catch up today. Done. <laughs> yeah, so it's about half, half to... <laughs> Uh, half of a percent to one percent. Oh, so I have to make up. I have to make up for your yes, deficit you now Yo. too. This is average. We the two of us have to average eighty to ninety words. And so if you're doing like ten yeah. words a day, I got to be like way yeah, up you gotta, there. You got to. You really got. I've been slacking. You got to really take over for me, Scott. Help me out. So um, <laughs> yeah, but about but that that works out to be about point five to to point seven five or so. So a little less than one percent of all of the words that we say in any given day are swear words. Wow. Uh, interesting. And sometimes we don't swear. This is, I, this is a fun, they're going to be a fun part for me because I, I, uh, I my whole life have, this is your wheelhouse is, right I, here. I know a lot about the this, fake right? Swearing. <laughs> I, I, I haven't uh, really ever sweared very, very often. Sometimes uh, I have, but it's, it's, it's really, it's the exception, obviously not the, not the norm, and 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 this is called a minced oath. They're uh, euphemistic expressions made by altering or clipping profane words uh, and or expressions to make them less object- objectionable. So, uh, so okay. for instance, uh, "son of a gun," or "you friggin' right. idiot," or "darn it." Or Mother Huncher. That that last one was yeah, I've never I know heard that because before. I, I've never ever I made heard that. that sucker up. I thought about copywriting that bad boy there for a while. Um, so I, I I wouldn't swear at, at uh, you know anywhere. Like and I think one of my I think one of my good traits is that I am Jamie and I am who I am no matter where. I am. So when I'm at church, I'm the same person as I am at home, as I am at mm-hmm. my job or anything else. And so when I was at the firehouse, guys were just swearing left and right. And so I guess some of that kind of, uh, you know, kind of overlapped uh, when I caught some of that, so to speak. And so I use mm-hmm. minced, these minced oaths all the time. And Mother Huncher was was my was my go to word. Everything was a that Mother Hunchin whatever or you dirty <laughs> dirty Mother Huncher. Uh, so that that was uh, that was the 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 expression that that I liked uh, to use, and we see this all the time. One of the funny things that I found when I was doing a little research about this was that. In 1941, a judge actually threatened a lawyer with contempt of court for using the word darn. And so, <laughs> well, that doesn't in surprise 1941, me. 
Um, but uh, still, I mean, I, I, it's just. The funny thing is the case was about socks that had a hole in it, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Good enough. So Good question, enough. is swearing morally acceptable? I would be remiss, though, if I didn't uh, tell you this story, um, because my mom, I love my mom. She's an awesome person, but she has a tendency to repeat her stories. And and so my wife thinks it's hilarious. She's heard the kind of the same stories of when I was a kid over and over again. And so but one of her favorite stories to tell me or to talk about is when my brother and I, my brother is just a couple of years younger than I am. And so you can imagine when we were growing up, uh, you know, we were kind of at each other's throats and and um, and so on. And but they would get mad when we would swear at each other. And so, you know, so I sat down. I was like, OK, all right. I can't say those words. I'm going to make up some words. And so we, we made up our own swear words. Like like I called my brother a panker. Right? I called it, they didn't know whether to, you know, right. to yell at us or right. start laughing. That's, right. That's terrific. <laughs> so, and so we we kind of and and we we're like okay yep that was the that was the reaction I was That's looking terrific. for. <laughs> Do you remember the classic movie, A Christmas Story, where where he's they're oh, changing the tire? Yeah. That scene where they're changing the tire. He's got all the yep. lug nuts in in the thing, yep. and then the and then the, his dad turns and the lug nuts go everywhere, and he says fudge. Uh, but he said the. The real, the real world, the F. But I didn't that's say right. fudge. The next scene in the movie, he's got <laughs> yep. that soap something or other. I don't know what that thing contraption was in his in his mouth. Yeah, life life boy or safe life boy was that the kind of soap? I don't know. He and because then he had know. his little blurb about the how the different soaps taste. Yeah, but yeah, exactly right? that yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, he had the soap in his mouth. So, question: <laughs> okay. Is swearing morally acceptable? Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, so that's that's oh, there's, where okay, we. There's more to that question. Okay, yeah, sorry. That's more more to that, right? <laughs> so and so then so then as we kind of talk about um, this, we're just kind of moving and and we ask ourselves. Okay, by you know, by whose standard? Like, um, so we know that swearing, and when I say swearing, I'm including kind of all of these things that we, you know, cursing and and all of the things that we talked about, uh, kind of lumping them all into that word swearing. Mm-hmm. And so we see how society and culture have kind of um, made these words uh, taboo, if you will, like we talked about earlier, and that. And that for certain, um, a certain uh, percentage of our culture, our society, it, they would be considered in some way, I guess, immoral, or uh, maybe not. Maybe that's maybe that's too strong of a word. Um, obviously, may, maybe taboo is just the perfect word for it. Like, hey, we don't do this kind of thing. Right. Right. And yeah. It, it, most people don't have a real reason why, uh-huh. other than we just don't. Right. Um, and, and so. I'd say it's more um, like but, a breach of etiquette, you know. Okay, it, it, yeah, I mean that that yeah that would that would probably describe it well, right? And so, but obviously, there's um, some religious objections to uh, you know morally to swearing. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess for me, I, I I don't necessarily have a direct problem with other people swearing, mm-hmm. and it's different than like I would have a problem with someone else stealing. I would have a problem with someone else lying for gain, right. for their own personal gain. So clearly, in your mind, like there's that. a difference there, right? There, there is. And and um, so so for me, swearing, I really don't have a problem with other people swearing. 
Um, but from the religious um, standpoint, we, I mean, we do have some good reasons to not swear. And so um, I thought I'd, I'd talk a little bit, just a little bit about that. Okay. Um, we have certain passages of scripture in the Bible when we take them in, in context, mm-hmm. um, like uh, in Ephesians, it says, do not let any, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. In First Peter, we have, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. And we have some, you know, we have other um, other passages, and and it's it's basically the idea that God has called us to be a good representative of Him, and and we believe that some of these swear words would fit into like an unwholesome kind of talk. So, uh, for instance, in our house, we don't let our kids swear Mm -hmm. and we don't swear. And we explain to them that, listen, in the Bible, it talks about how God wants us to have kind of a a pure heart and and wholesome talk. And there's uh, scripture in the Bible talks about that what flows out of the mouth is is an overflow of what's in the heart. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I do see that when I'm angry, um, not so nice things come out of my mouth. Um, you know, when I'm feeling charitable and loving, obviously nice things do. And so there's some truth to that, even if it is, you know, even for the non-religious, if they want to take some of these sacred texts as just being like from a wise sage, you know, this idea that, mm-hmm. um, that there's still some content that you can take from that. So, um, so what so, do you, so, so based off of the, uh, you know, that kind of a, a of a perspective, um, what would you think about, you know, is there a religious objection against using a word like shit? No, other than, other than we would classify that maybe as unwholesome talk. Or, but poop or, or, would be okay. Right. Again, so, so, so the, then what that, would be the, what would be the difference there? I mean, so I, I'm distin- not trying to put yeah. you on the spot no, here. I'm just no, curious. No, 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 you're right. No, I get, yeah. So the distinction probably in lies with um, what we consider socially as, as proper. I guess that when we look at swearing as a, as a Christian, I could kind of break it down into, into two, two kind of forms. I think we have the swearing we've been talking about with the, the profanity, the different um, words. And then we have more what we call blasphemous type of swearing or, Mm -hmm. or taking the Lord's name. So there's um, a difference. Like swearing is almost kind of secondary to me. Hey, if you want to swear, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But, but other things like, um, you know, in the Bible, the second commandment says you shouldn't take the name of God in vain, meaning you shouldn't use the name of God or Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ in a, in a way that's flippant. And, Mm -hmm. So while I don't care if somebody swears, obviously if you're swearing like a trucker or a, or a fireman around my kids and, and there's no way for us to kind of be rid of this situation, I, I might say, hey, there are kids around. So do you feel like uh, that's damaging your kids in some way or what, what's, the, what's the objection there? Is, is, no, or are you worried you know, that they're, they're going to take that as a positive example or – well, I mean, you could you could look at it as maybe the kids see it and and maybe they look up to this person and they think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and if he's doing it, 
you know, that then maybe that will kind of, I don't say rub off, but maybe they'll, they'll say, well, so if they he did it. So they kind of see it as an excuse to, that they can do it yeah, themselves. Yeah. And if they see, you know, more people doing it. And I think too, it kind of does boil down to a lot of what we have constructed as a social kind of construct of, mm-hmm. of what seems appropriate in different times and different places. So obviously I would take a lot less uh, offense to, to somebody, uh, to a fireman swearing on the fire ground uh-huh. is I would if if that same fireman were, say, sitting in the pews at church or we were out to dinner uh, with my kids. And, you know, like so obviously it's situational. And I think it has obviously you know, we talked about that earlier about kind of it doesn't as much have to do with the words but more or less the, the the kind of the content of your heart. Like what was your meaning behind that? What's your purpose for this? Uh-huh. And so I think some of that um, – has kind of uh, bearing on that, but I would. So while I'm okay with other people swearing and I usually won't say anything at all, I, I do. And I don't want to say take offense because uh, I don't necessarily take offense, but I, I don't like people taking God's name in vain. Uh-huh. And so I, I don't know that I would um, like ask a complete stranger to not do that. Like, Hey man, if I, I'm a Christian, I appreciate it if you, Maybe wouldn't say that. Uh-huh. Um, so I may not say that to a complete stranger, but if it's somebody I know or or an acquaintance, and we're again we're in a position maybe where we can't leave or something like that. To me, I think it would. It's almost there. There is it just, and, and I don't want to like. I want to be very careful because I don't want to compare the two. Uh-huh. Analogies always fall short. But the N word for uh, uh, you know white person saying the N word to a black person is offensive to them. Uh-huh. Um, it has a certain meaning to it that, that they, they find hurtful. And it, in a similar way, not the same way, but in a similar way, I think Christians, at least I do, have a, a similar kind of response or reaction or feeling when, when, somebody, when somebody takes God's name in a disparaging kind of way or uses his name real flippantly. So, um, and- so let me, let me ask you this about that specific situation. And I don't mean, I don't mean to be condescending with this question, but I know it's going to come across that way. So I'm, I'll apologize in advance. I don't <laughs> mean to be okay. condescending. Yeah. But so what is it about that? If somebody said Jesus Christ or something, when they had, when they hammer their, their thumb or something like that. And so, you know, I, I, I think the origins of, of why that's, you know, that would normally have been part of, a, of an oath or something that, you know, by Jesus's blood, you know, this hammer shall fail or, or whatever. But do <laughs> right. you so so I have a I have a legitimate curiosity here. So do you personally feel injured when somebody says that or do you feel like you're standing up for God? when you hear yeah, that kind of a um kind of a little of both but again it's it's really situational so if if i'm you know if i'm over at someone's house and they go out hey let me come show you this new project i'm working on out in the garage mm-hmm. and we go out there and 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 he starts to work or she starts somebody starts they start to work on it and and they hurt themselves and they say that um I, i'm not gonna be like hey hey take it easy you know i probably won't say anything mm-hmm. um but if 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 I'm around them and they're going to continue to use that, um, I do feel a certain sense or a certain sense of obligation, kind of a certain sense of um, like, hey, they, they're they're they are um, 
Do you feel like almost, God's almost watching, like, God, like God's watching you, and you you need to like no, you need no, to fight the I, good fight and stand up for what's no, right and that no, kind of thing? Actually, or what's the no? What's it's the more, motivation it's, there. It's more like um, like um, you know how Italians, man, they, they're all about their family, right? It, it would be like saying, "Hey, your mama's a sucker," and and really meaning it um, to an Italian. Like, hey, you don't talk about my mama. Um, it, it, and so it was that your Italian has, accent right there? No, I wasn't. I wasn't trying. I was, hey, forget about it. Listen, I, huh? I got okay. my friend Tony, and uh, but it's almost like, um, and I, I don't feel like a certain responsibility, like to God, in terms of sticking up for God. I don't even fight his own battles, mm-hmm. but in terms of like. It is a, it's offensive in, in the same kind of way as if someone was talking disparagingly about your mom. You care very much about your mother. She's mm-hmm. your mom. And, 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 and so. Um, but in that case, I would feel like I am defending my mom. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that. But in terms of when you say defending, I almost feel like it's like a um, uh, almost like a I need to do this or God's going to think differently of me kind of mm-hmm. defending. Almost like you know God's looking down to see if I'm going to be a good boy, mm-hmm. and 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 th- that's kind of not it. It's it's more like something that I consider sacred and and very important to me, and someone else is is using it in a. Um, a very loose kind of way. And like I said, it's very situational. I'm not walking up to some guy on the street, uh, you know, and saying, Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. It's, it's typically it would be, and I don't think I've ever done this to be honest with you. Um, But if I were to do something like this, it would be in the instance where, where I'm in a position where I'm going to be around this person. Let's just say I take another job somewhere in the office. And, and the guy in the cubicle next door makes a habit of saying this all the time. I might ask him politely, like, and he's under no obligation to listen to me. Mm-hmm. It's not like I got anything, you know, it's like I got any power over him. Or he's no obligation. It's almost a courtesy. Like, hey, you know, this is um, very important to me. And, and I'd appreciate it. Man, I don't care if you, what, you could say anything else. Mm-hmm. It, it, just, it just bothers me. And so, and it, it, it is kind of on that level. And so, you know, I'm not like some crazy holy roller who's walking out the streets with some kind of jacked up fl- uh, Christian track, uh, you know, on a soapbox, you know, turn or burn. Hey, don't say Jesus's name in vain kind of thing. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, well, that's, some of those phrases the, seem to come to your lips pretty easily. They just, I have, they a, just, I, <laughs> I'm going to bet that you have a bullhorn in your house somewhere. Is that yeah. <laughs> I have a big old crate that I stand on now. No, but you see, like, so again, it, I, I, I see your, uh, you know, I see where you're coming from. And I would agree with you in, in almost, um, and I don't think we have a disagreement about this, but like, I, I would agree with you on that, you know, this idea of swearing and this is social construct and things like that. I, I just think the, 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 the place maybe where I draw the line is, Hey, this, uh, this is very near to me. It's very dear to me. It's very important to me, very special. And so it's, it's, 
I feel like it's disparaging. And well, I was, I was just curious if if there was like actual if are do you feel like you're preventing actual damage to either you or to God or to the person saying it or whatever, or is it more of a like an emotional response? You know, you've been told not to say these things, and so we. The, I mean, we do to some extent have kind of this. Uh, you know, this inherited drive to kind of get along with the system, you know, to try to yeah. get along, to try to, you know, to try to fit in or tr- to try to go with the flow. And, you know, is that, is it more like that or is it like an actual, like, oh, cause I've seen people actually get angry about this kind of thing. And I was like, yeah. why are you getting angry? You know, at best you're doing exactly what they wanted you to do, you right. know, and so at like, worst I you're would, just wasting your time. The best, the best way that I can, I can describe it is 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 almost like a, an offense or an assault on one of your family members. They're very important to you, and you just don't want to hear them being talked about in that way. Um, and that, I think that's the closest way that I could that I could say how I feel about that. Now I think that it's not only is it ridiculous, but it's also very um, counterproductive to. Do like what you say that you've seen before where people get super angry, super upset over that kind of thing, because mm-hmm. more than likely, I mean, you, if it, just looking at it from a, a, a sheer, almost like selfish kind of perspective of of like if you really do care about people's souls and you want to influence people um, towards the worldview you believe is true. Um, mm-hmm. like yelling at them and screaming at them is probably not going to be the way to um, to influence them. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, like, so, I, I, and you, I think that you'll you'll gather more bees with when they say more bees with honey than vinegar. So I think that, and I, I don't, and I, I mean, I'm saying this in all sincerity. I don't know. I've I don't think I've met anyone who I don't think wouldn't stop saying that if I asked them to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like everyone that I have Unless met. Unless they're least, specifically trying to piss you off. Right. But I, like I, uh, most of the people that I deal with on a day-to-day or even meet, I think there is a sense of like, I'm not going to say the N-word. Uh, that's disparaging towards people. It's hurtful. Um, and they don't well, want me to do that. some people avoid that know? word because – some people are thinking if I say that, I'm going to get my ass kicked, right? Well, yeah, that's you know, true. It's, there not be, are, it's not there because be they're worried about hurting other people. Well, they're worried true. about getting beat up. Well, that would be obviously my heart, though, and and, and my intentions is is that's a, right. that's hurtful. I, I don't want to do that. I you know if, if now listen, th- there comes a time. I'm not opposed to telling the truth in love, but there's nothing about that that you know what I'm saying because so I I want to be careful to distinguish like I'm not saying that that as a Christian that I should shy away from telling people the truth because I don't want to offend them or I don't want to hurt them uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to if I don't have to and ni- 99.5% of the time you don't have to as a matter of fact I can't think of an instance where I would have to be rude or curt or forceful or insistent um, mm-hmm. About a- almost anything, and so I like so like I said, the best way I can describe this aspect of swearing is just that it, it's hurt, it's hurtful in a way that if somebody were to say something about your mom mm-hmm. uh, or somebody you love, that kind of way, like it, it's hard to describe. So hard would to describe. it be? And I don't mean to make light of what you just said, but would it be kind of like if uh, like if somebody 
said something bad about your favorite sports team? I mean, would it be kind of like that, but, but worse? I mean, is it like that same kind of motivation? Like you identify that sports team as part of my troop, my, my clan, and you mess with my clan, you mess with me kind of thing. Is it a, no, is it a, no, because is it a territorial thing? No, or? I I don't think it could be, at least not for me because I, I'm a because you you identify as a Christian, right. and so uh, yeah, yeah, that's no, a that's yeah. a big part of what you see is your person now, right? Well, so right? and the difference is this though, at least for me, like I'm a huge Browns fan. I love the Browns, um, but it, it doesn't bother that's me. That's a bummer, right? <laughs> like I have, there, I know a lot of Steeler fans, and we're huge rivals. And I, I uh-huh. and they will say things all the time. And most of it's busting chops. But even if they were serious, it wouldn't bother me at all. I, I, right. It just doesn't bother me. But the the the, the, the sheer fact that that I I, I, I don't say that um, like that yeah uh, um, that Christianity is the religion I follow. Like, I am a Christian. That is like my essence. Like mm-hmm. it's weird and it might be weird for me to say this and I don't know how much I mean I'm not saying you're stupid and you don't you can't understand it but like I don't know if this is going to sound weird to you but um it, it's who I am. So the mm-hmm. the Browns aren't who I am. The Browns are just something I like. Um, and even if I love the Browns, even if I had a Browns room here at the house and I had season tickets and I was the their their biggest fan, I, I still I think pales in comparison to um, this because I think this is more for me. It's more um, sacred and and it it has this ring of importance so it's and a difference in quality in addition to quantity yes. it's not just it's not just taking that you know your love of the bears and magnifying it right it's it's a, it's a you're saying it's a whole different it's uh, a whole, whole different animal for me yeah for me it okay. is now there might be some people who don't like um, uh, you know, using the Lord's name because they they do somehow identify and has that tribe kind of mentality, and they're you know that maybe, mm-hmm. uh, but at least that's that's not that's not my um, my motivation. Like I said, the closest thing I could express is that feeling you have when somebody is being disparaging about someone else you love, and uh-huh. whatever the motivations are behind that, I I, I I don't know that I can identify all those. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than with a feeling, and that's the feeling you get when you know someone's being disparaging about someone you love, right? So that would be the. Well, I mean, that's religious. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of like the the clan thing too. But um, but before we get away from uh, you know this idea of uh, swearing as a social construct, I want to I want to kind of revisit what you were saying. And if so, you you read off a couple of uh, Bible verses, mm-hmm. and one and the one from Ephesians says, "Do not let any unwholesomeness." or unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, one could say, and obviously I'm somewhat in this camp, and obviously you're not, but one could say that much of the Bible is very destructive and very uh, unwholesome and unhelpful to for building up others. Right. Okay, Obviously you disagree there, and I know I'm 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 risking a huge rabbit hole no. here, and so I'm hoping I'm hoping we can <laughs> no, avoid that. No, I think but, it's you know, easy. But at least answer. you agree that some people view it that way. Absolutely. Whether or not you agree with them, yeah. at least you can acknowledge that some people see it that way. So, so in that respect, do you think even uh, the content of the Bible? And I know that you're that you believe that there's 
you know, a divine source for the, sure. for the content there, but, right. but, but it was still written. Uh, it was still written by people and it was still written using human language right. and it was still u- written using, you know, human uh, expectations and social mores and stuff like that. So do you think that even, you know, when we talk about a religious objection versus, you know, it's a social contract construct, do you think that those kind of things overlap at all? Or do you think, well, I mean, it, there's going to be some people that think that the Bible is, you know, is Dan is right, is not helpful. Uh, right. And so and in that I, respect, right. it seems the Bible saying you shouldn't listen to the Bible. Right. No, that that makes sense. I could see where people would get that. I think I would say um, to that, and I hope this avoids the rabbit trail because it, it seems pretty clear in my mind. Um, I would always tell my students that it, it, when you read the Bible, there are things in the Bible that are descriptive and things that are prescriptive. So, um, the Bible doesn't, uh, a lot of what is in the Bible isn't prescribing anything to us. It's not prescriptive. It's not saying, hey, you go do this yourself. A lot of times what's written in the Bible is just a description of what we would consider history. Like this is what happened in history. It's just the plain brute fact. And it doesn't, you know, it, it has no real connotations. So it's not like the Bible saying, yes, go out and do this. The Bi- It's just describing what happened. And so I would say that's probably the distinction or the difference that, that yeah, that there might be things in the Bible that, that seem like, man, that's pretty bad. Or like, man, I can't believe the Bible says not to swear. But yet you see over here this person doing X, Y, and Z. And so in, in which case I would just say that there's that distinction between, you know, the Bible, there are things that are just straight up descriptive of what happened here, here's a story. This is what happened. It, the Bible's not saying, hey, I want you to act like that. But so so do you think that, you know, like the use of the words like unwholesome and that kind of thing, uh, deceitful, evil, uh, cursing, that kind of thing. I mean, when, when we're swearing nowadays, it might not necessarily fit that particular mold. I mean, are are we taking, when when you apply these religious stories, mm-hmm. suggestions, all the way up to demands. Demands, yep. Um, when, when, you, when you apply these to the way that we do today, are we kind of molding our society to kind of fit into this biblical outline, or what, what's well, the deal I don't there? Expect, I don't expect anyone who isn't a Christian to follow the Bible. Uh-huh. I mean, so that, that's why but, but I don't... I, but I think that you would encourage it. Well, I, I would encourage it in as much as I think it's the truth. Right, right. Well, regardless of the reason, I mean, it's, you're not going to, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't, I don't know if, if you found out somebody, you know, didn't follow the Bible, you know, you might think less of them, might not, but that's, that's not the point though. But you would still, you're saying, I don't care if somebody else doesn't follow the Bible, but you still would like them to, right? I mean, you do. Yeah. It's it's just that you're not going to de- you're not going to demand that they do just because you want them to right you you prefer right. to go the route and trust me I know this fact because I've been on the receiving end for quite a bit of it you would prefer to try to convince them right yeah and I don't and I don't like here's the thing I don't expect non Christians to behave and act according to what the Bible says now I will say that I know a lot of non-Christians, a lot of atheists who live better moral, quote, moral lives than a lot of Christians. Uh, and so I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that somehow Christians are moral and non-Christians aren't. I'm just saying that I, I don't necessarily apply these biblical standards to anybody else but myself and 
obviously in trying to influence my family in in mm. in following these things. So um Yeah. And we're we're well over an hour into this. I'm one. swearing. <laughs> Maybe we should start looking to fucking yeah. <laughs> swearing, right? <laughs> so anyhow, that is I think the the fucking Catalina <laughs> wine mixer. <laughs> that uh that uh, to end, kind of end this or wrap it up, kind of bring it full circle. It, it seems, at least on some level, that your worldview kind of determines your view on swearing, at least in the sense of like, obviously, as a Christian, I think most Christians, most theists would um, kind of have my take on it as far as like, hey, you know, any, anybody else wants to do whatever they want. But as for me, you know, I want to try to do what I think, you know, God would find pleasing and, and, and commands and things like that. So, but, uh-huh. um, swearing seems to have some very, uh, interesting and surprising beginnings. I, I found that that very interesting that, um, that it had religious kind of, uh, applications to it initially. And, um, I, I, I think that it's, uh, interesting that there are so many different, uh, ways uh, or reasons to swear, and that there's and that there's a physiological and psychological. <laughs> I don't know. Does it produce endorphins or? Um, I, I I wonder if that's the case. You know, if 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 it produces some kind of some kind of good well, I mean, some kind of good chemical in there in your brain uh, to do that. So um, swearing, yeah, uh, it's a it's a big fucking deal. Well, and that is it. For swearing, man, that was um, that was fun. It was fun because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to kill you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're in Ohio and I'm in Minnesota. It was, uh, you know, of course, I have all that distance as a you know? buffer. <laughs> it, yeah, it's just it's like a it's like a three day wait period. You know, it doesn't take me right, three, right. three three or so days to get up there. And <laughs> right. by the time I get the, there, you'll, you'll be down. all cooled right. down by the yeah. time you get over here. I mean, I've been almost uh, to your house before. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm fine now. I've turned around and come home. Okay, now now you're creeping me out. <laughs> yeah, now I'm gonna right. have to move. I'm gonna have to move. Uh, hey, yeah. hey, you yeah. know what? We forgot. We we missed something when in our in our talk. I realized after we had recorded that, then and we had this on our on our agenda for the discussion, but we forgot to talk. There was one little thing that we forgot to talk about. And that was the whole idea that when people are writing out swear words, the, the way that they like, like if you want to say fuck or something, instead of writing F U C K, they yeah. write F and then an asterisk and then C K. Yes. As a matter of and fact, I, I think when I reviewed this podcast, this very podcast, and we went through, uh, when I went through and um, sent you some some stuff, you know, I actually think I did that. Um, you know where Scott so, says oh, and the this. edit list, yeah, yeah, the edit list, and I actually <laughs> put in the little asterisk and in, in the different yeah. swear words. What, uh, what's up with that? I don't get I that don't at all. Know. Who are you trying? Who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? You're right. We all know. You're right. It's it's perfectly clear what word you're trying yeah, to you're say. You're right. You're absolutely right. And, and and when I read it, I I say the word in my mind when I'm when I'm reading right. through and that. And I say the it's word not, in my mind when I. Write yeah. it out too. I, I don't, so I, I don't totally know don't get that at all. What's yeah. I, it's it's I, like I, it well, kind of you know reinforces that it, whole it's magic thing. Right, it's like right. you know you're going to be cursed if you say this or something. It's just yeah. I think you know uh, what it, it boils down to is is that um, for those of us who are you know who don't want to swear, 
we use that and, and we're trying to, I don't know, we're, I guess we're just trying to stay. If we have to somehow like put that <laughs> in there for some reason, then, you know, we're but, trying to. But you're still swearing. It's the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. It's I, still, got, it's, uh, I don't You got get me it. on the letter of the law. All right. <laughs> the letter of the law, Scott. So, anyhow. Right, right. That was a good well, one. Oh, yeah. is that a pun there? The letter, right? I get it. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I actually did not. <laughs> it wasn't intended, but thank you. Yeah. So. All, All right, right. Well, so what do we got coming uh, up yeah. next? So next we have a little side bit here, Scott. Uh, you're going to talk about something, and it's in our bit called Oh, the Humanity. Oh, the Humanity. All right, for Oh, the Humanity this time, I wanted to talk about uh, something I experienced uh, this past week, and I'll, I'll I'll give you the scenario first, and then we'll talk about what what was going on. Uh, now, this happened. Um, uh, it was on social media, and I was um, re I was uh, uh, somebody whose whose uh, opinion I've come to respect quite a bit. Uh, said something. Oh, and, thanks, and Scott. <laughs> it was not Jamie. It was oh, not Jamie. Okay. Although I do respect your opinion quite a bit. Thank Jamie. you, thank you, buddy. Um, and so. Um, and see, so here's where you say, oh, yeah, and I respect your opinion, I respect too. your opinion, too. I, this was all your right, thing. Yeah. I didn't want to jump in too yeah. much. <laughs> now, that wasn't forced at all, right? That was just totally natural. <laughs> yeah, not good. Uh, but anyway, so 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 this person who, who uh, that that's important to my point, though, is that uh, this person, I've come to respect their opinion quite a bit. And they were they were saying uh, something and I had a slightly different spin on it. And so I I, I presented my my uh, opinion on this particular topic and um, they came back and they kind of disagreed with me. Okay. And so then um, what the way I saw the situation was that we were, uh, that we weren't in disagreement. Um, and, and so I was kind of, I started to try to explain how I thought that, um, you know, that we were really kind of saying the same thing. It was just from a slightly different perspective. Uh, but then as I was doing that, I was wondering, I was like, okay, did I really, did, did I really think that? Did I, before, this person disagreed with me. Did I have a problem with that? You know, was I actually, did I think that we agreed or was I a victim of the halo effect? And that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, the halo effect is something, it's a psychological, you know, phenomenon. It's something that affects all of us. And what happens is uh, if there's somebody who you admire or respect or some, or an authority figure uh, somebody who uh, you have a high opinion of in one particular area, uh, if they make uh, comments or ideas or whatever in other areas, you have a tendency to hold them up to that same level of regard. Okay, so even though I, I respect this particular person because of some of their opinions in one particular topic, but this was a slightly different topic. And so, and so I was wondering, wow, okay, so did I now... I think that um, I think it was the former. I think I actually did agree with them, and I was trying to explain it. But I, but I had to, I had to second guess myself there. I had to stop myself right. and say, "Wait a minute, am I just saying that that I'm I'm looking at it slightly differently because because I want to agree with them? Do I am I trying to morph my different opinion into their same opinion? You know, see what I mean there? Right. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, it, and so it's like a it's like a psychological drive. It's just like psychological um, 
you know, almost a directive. And, you know, you, we see it all the time, too. We see it like, a, you know, like, a, you know, a Hollywood actor. Why do we listen to Hollywood actors for economic advice or political yeah. advice or religious advice? You know, we think they're a really good actor or I think this particular person's a, a great musician. And so but why do I care what they think about AIDS? You know, and 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 uh, but we do that. I mean, it's a natural thing. It, it's it's and the, the way that it works is that um, is that it's our brain taking a shortcut. OK, and so so we, we know that we respect this person for this particular thing. Um, and so then in our mind, we kind of categorize them as being good. So would you say that that is like a um, that we follow their lead because we think that since they're good or true, like have some truth value in 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 some subject or area that then uh, that is true of other areas, including maybe the area that that well, it's not it's not that it is true. It's that that we feel it's true because our right. brain kind of took this shortcut and said, okay, we're gonna you know we just we don't really get down to the nitty gritty when we're when we're categorizing people okay. like that. And so, right. so what happens is we, we, we know that we respect this person or we admire them or we fear them or, or whatever could be the motivator there. We, we, we hold them on like on a pedestal for in, for in some respects. Um, and so, um, so then when, when, even if the, even if the thing is totally unrelated, even if the topic under discussion is totally unrelated to what they're really good at, um, since we've categorized them as just good, um, then, you know, our minds take a shortcut. And even if we tell it, even if we sit here saying, you know, I, I just don't really care what, what George Clooney has to say about, uh, you know, about you know, the change. economy or right. climate change, whatever, you know, I, I, just, I don't, for as far as I know, he's not an expert. I mean, um, you know, you could argue, well, you know, he's a Hollywood actor. They probably have a lot of free time or whatever. Um, <laughs> Who knows? You know, right, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know if he's well read on the subject, but that's kind of the point. I have no idea what is his qualifications are. Is this different, though, than say somebody is that you have not just grown to respect them, but you find them reliable in one area of of truth, and so you just auto- automatically assume kind of reliability in other aspects of truth. Does that make uh, I, I sense? Or, yeah, yeah. Because I, mean, there, I, I know there are some people that I uh, that that aren't experts in a certain field, but since I found them reliable in in a, in in their field of study, uh-huh. I have a ten more tendency. You have to a tendency agree to trust them, them in other fields, right? And I uh, I don't know that yeah. is that the halo effect or is that just yeah because it's not specific about people you like or people you know it's the the idea is that um the reason they call it the halo effect is because you know they're they're like a shining light you know this the shining light in this one particular area but the light gets cast on all of the surrounding unrelated Ah, topics and and so 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 the the key there is that you take an opinion in one area and kind of it kind of splashes on to other areas as well. Yeah. 
Okay, very and so, good. And, you know, so I think that could be. Uh, I, I did have, a, and, and as I was thinking about this, it reminded me of a time uh, I have experienced that from the reverse, from the other side. And, um, you know, I'm a teacher. Uh, I'm also a father. I'm also a uh, martial arts instructor for many years. And so I, I'm used to being in positions of authority. And, uh, and I remember one particular instance, this was many years ago. This was, uh, I teach college now, but I was teaching high school at the time. Uh, and this was for a computer science class and it was at the end of the school year. Uh, so we had like a game day, you know, the kids had all, had all finished all their projects or whatever. And so we were just having a game day. And so the, the kids were playing risk. And so they asked me if I wanted to play and I was like, okay, yeah, I like playing risk. And I noticed that. I could influence the other players because they were my students. Hmm. And I thought it was really strange. I was like, why are they doing what I say? And it's because, you know, they, I, I'm assuming that they had some sort of respect for me, or at the very least, I was an authority figure in the classroom when it came to computer science. Um, but we, I mean, we had never talked about risk in the classroom. They had no idea if I had even ever played the game before, but right. I, but I found that I, I could, and I, I, I was conscious and I, I played fair and I didn't take advantage of this, but I just noticed that when I was, if I was making suggestions to the players that they would weigh my opinion more than the other players. And, and it's, it's, so it's just weird kind of experiencing that from, from the other direction. You know, that reminds me of a quote and I'll tie it in in a second. It's and I'm not. I might be botching it here, but it's absolute power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> and the and the idea being that could you imagine being um, like a celebrity, say, and having kind of that halo effect on people? Yeah, that that would kind of mess you up. The kind of power that you would kind of gain over people, over circumstances. I think that's sometimes why you see some people who are in power throw little temper tantrums when right. things don't go their way because they're so used to getting things a certain way. And a lot of it might have to do with this halo effect. That very well could be. Yeah, they're just used to people doing whatever they want. And so when when it doesn't, you know, it's it just doesn't. Maybe it's an, even a halo effect on themselves. Now, does this? Do you think that this goes the other way, or would it be called something else when you can't stand someone, and so you automatically assume that uh, that right, that right, because of that, that something else that that. I don't care if they're an expert like in that field. They're Hitler wrong. liked cats, so right. you can't, you know, so I don't like cats, you know, that <laughs> right. kind of thing. Is that, yeah, what would that be called? And is that, um, do you know yeah, if that uh, is the halo effect I, uh, in a different I would. Or? Well, I would say, you know, I, yes, I would say it is that you might call it something different, maybe poisoning the well or, you know, some okay. other kind yeah. of, yeah. some other kind of effect. But uh, yeah, it's a similar kind of thing. You know, you're, you're saying, okay, Hitler was a really horrible person when it came to, I'm assuming that you agree with me on there, by the way. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So Hitler was a horrible person when it came to, uh, you know, taking care of humanity and, and that kind of thing. Who knows how he treated his pets? And, you know, they could be totally unrelated. It might be, you know, maybe he tortured pets as a child. Maybe he took very good care of his pets. I don't, you know, right. who knows? I, I yeah. certainly don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that kind of. You can even ways. bring that closer to home. Say, for instance, 
uh, an atheist to a Christian because I know uh, we might joke about this all the time, but I know that that a lot of times within Christendom is um, there's this kind of um, of uh, probably unintentional kind of hey atheist atheism kind of like this is kind of bad juju, and so there might be instances where an atheist oh, is, right. is is dead on about mm-hmm. something, but uh, say a Christian might have uh, a hesitancy to mm-hmm. buy in because, okay, well, if I, now I'm agreeing with him on this, you know, right. so there's that kind of thing. Yeah, this is very interesting, this hmm. uh, halo effect, how it could be, you know, perceived and uh, from yeah. from both ways. I'm sure there's lots of different uh, iterations and little different tweaks. And, and uh, it's probably, you know, part of some kind of larger, um, you know, like in like in politics, you might see like one party presents an idea and then the other party says, no, 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 that's horrible. Even though in, in some cases it might be the exact same thing that the other party presented right. two years ago. <laughs> right, 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 right. 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 So, but now since it has your name on it, now now it's horrible. That's, that, right? it's that right. kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think that's more of an ideological thing. I I. Uh, I, it, obviously it's clearly re- at least related to the halo effect. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even know if these, these things have, you know, clear delineations between Oh, this is definitely the halo effect and right. this is definitely not, right. but you know, it's, it's along that same kind of idea. Anyway, that's the halo effect. Very interesting concept. And that about wraps it up for episode number eight. Please send us your ideas, questions, and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode, Scott, what do you recommend? Uh, I recommend a book called Holy Shit, A Brief History of Swearing. Uh, and it's kind of funny, though, because in the title, uh, they replace the I in the word yes. shit with an asterisk <laughs> like we were just talking about. Terrific. Um, but yeah, this is a book by uh, an author called Melissa Moore. M-O-H-R, and uh, it's just a really fascinating, deep uh, historical dive into the history of this phenomenon of swearing. And and she, she goes way back into the ancient times. I mean, as long as we've had language, we've had ways people express this kind of uh, emotional outpour. And, and so... Um, so it's really, I mean, she has tons and tons of examples, like from ancient Roman times and, and all the way up through the ages. And, and she, she uh, the idea of the book is that uh, swear words kind of break down into two main categories, the holy and the shit. And so we have, we have these, you know, we have the blasphemy, you know, the, right. uh, with the, with those types of words. And then we also have the, you know, the profanity, the, the. Or is would that be profanity, or would that be? Um, I don't know. Right. Well, you get the idea, yeah. like the 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 stuff, the bodily functions, right. the you know, the sexual connotations, and the you would know, the like, defecation and stuff like, like that. Be in that or something? Uh, no. I don't know. Probably, right. probably. I don't. It, it's tough to say. I okay. mean, there's. I'm sure there's lots of some that are kind of. Uh, I, I I imagine that that wouldn't be a holy reference, and right. so. Right. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, it's called "Holy Shit: A Brief History of Swearing" by Melissa Moore. Very good. I recommend a book called "A, a Christian Manifesto" by Francis Schaeffer. And while it doesn't have much to do, with did he replace the the, the I in uh, Christian, Christian with the asterisk? <laughs> no, he did no such thing. Uh, no, but he, he just came out and said it. He came out and said. It, right, because uh, right. yeah. So <laughs> the, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, I'm no, derailing right. you here. It is um, 
it's not particularly about swearing, but it does talk a lot about truth and morality and culture. And um, a lot of us uh, Christian thinkers think he was way ahead of his time. He was a philosopher, and uh, we think he was way ahead of his time as far as kind of gauging where culture and society was headed. So it's just an interesting read um, about kind of the Christian worldview, culture, truth, that kind of thing. So it's called A Christian Manifesto by Francis Schaeffer. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll be back with us next time when Scott and I will be talking about death, dying, and grief. Until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other. See ya. This has been the God or Not Podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. 